to America is presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on the Facebook Live. Dude, who fucking knows anymore? Is she still around? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Right. Uh, feel good? Oh, let's do this. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. Boom. What was that? That was a devil sound. The devil. The devil. Ladies and gentlemen. The devil. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing a show at Jerry's Pizza. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What are we calling the month of October? Spooktacular. That sounds racist, <laughs> sir. Art Art and Jacob present a spooktacular Halloween. <laughs> Featuring our boy Casper. Yeah. Spooktacular if you get a better name than Spooktacular, I want to hear it. Submit it to the Facebook. Submit it for your approval. By the Midnight Society. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but anyways this whole month even though it's technically still september it's just I'm, I'm already feeling it man i bought resident evil 2 on uh xbox Ooh, i know i saw that dude i was like dude i want to come over and play that dude, shit right now i'm stoked man i'm probably gonna go play it after this i haven't even i haven't even played it yet so i'm stoked because i haven't feel unwrapped like it it's unwrapped but i just uh i only want to play it at night and last night what the fuck Oh, sorry, I just burped. <laughs> um, last night, what was I doing? I was hanging out with my girlfriend. But today, as soon as we get done recording here, I'm probably going to go play that shit. Turn out all the lights, get a little bit of Taco Bell in your system. Did you ever play the original? Yes. Oh, it's one of the best survival horror movies. I was, movies, uh, versus survival games of all time. Like It's 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 like one of the first video games that was kind of like a movie. Like Have yeah. you noticed that? Like when PlayStation started putting out like those games, like Left 4 Dead and whatnot, no, that's Xbox. But, like, a lot of those games, like, they were almost movies that you were interacting with. Yeah, I mean, every cut screen led to, you know, further down the plot. And, like, it puts you in scenarios where, like, you had to make the decision of open the door where there's going to be zombies or go down this hallway where there's other zombies. And it was pretty cool. And the fact that it gave you the two different characters to choose from, you could play both. Spoiler alert. But, um... <laughs> the game's been out for, like, 25 years. Yeah, if you haven't played it right now, goddamn. But, yeah, I mean, like, um, did you ever play Silent Hill? I was never that big on Silent Hill. Once I was, yeah, the same thing. I wasn't feeling yeah, it that much. But like those games and um, the Evil Within, a more mm-hmm. recent game. I love the Evil Within, which is you know basically a rip, the same maker as Resident Evil. So and I love Left 4 Dead too. And like I said, that's an Xbox game. But like that's what got me back into video games because I kind of took a break from it. But yeah, it's the same thing. Like you got the witch. It's just like those horrible sounds like. And it's just like perfect. Like you're scared, but like excited at the same time. Like I love that feeling, yeah. which is like the whole month of October, basically. Scared, but excited. Yeah. yeah. 
Man. <laughs> Speaking of scared but excited, shout out to FightbackCBD.com. Use <laughs> promo code America <laughs> for promo 10%. Code America. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. sure if CBD oil is that good for like night terrors. I don't know. It's good to find out though. So go to CB, uh, FightbackCBD.com, uh, buy some uh, CBD oil. Art and I both um, prefer, you know, the nighttime one, with, which is infused with lavender. Uh, but go ahead and use a co- promo code America for 10% off. Save yourself um, some shekels on shipping and taxes and whatnot. So uh, go there. And then after you get done going to Fight Back CBD, uh, go ahead and check out the Podbelly Network where you'll find a whole bunch of podcasts uh, that deal with the paranormal. I believe there's like one called the Graveyard Shift. Oh, yeah. Those guys, man. They're mm-hmm. like touring the U.S. right now. What's up with that? I know, they're like the Backstreet Boys. Funny this. <laughs> That's cool, though. Shout out to them. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're doing cool stuff. I don't know. Ectoplasm. I think they got Slimer as a logo. Yeah, Slimer's up in this. The uh, Oh, you know what? If you want to get in the mood of, like, horror movies and Halloween and all that shit, mm-hmm. the Kim and Ket, is that, I want to pronounce, I want to, I know I pronounced Kim f- correctly, but I want to say the other girl's name is Ket. We'll say it's Ket. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to their <laughs> podcast. It's a really good podcast. It's pretty funny. Um, pretty much the premise is like they, they watch a horror movie and then see how they would survive through yeah. that or something like that. One of them watches a horror movie and then one reacts to how they would survive. Oh, okay. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool concept. And then the other one I've been really listening to is... Um, the Multiverse of Stephen King? No, I was going to say that Sofa King guys. <laughs> Those guys are okay. They're up and comers, but you know. Yeah, on the independent yeah. scene. They're they're just rookies, but they'll get they're getting big, you know. You know one, <laughs> one day, day, one day you'll catch up to us. Yes. Anyways, Jacob. <laughs> so, our, what is today's topic? The Axeman of New Orleans. So originally, this was supposed to be another topic, and then I believe about three or four days ago, you sent me this link. You're like, "Hey, dude, we should do this as the topic," and I'm like, "All right, I guess. Let me look at this." And so I'm laying down on the couch and I'm watching the BuzzFeed video or whatever YouTube video you sent me. It's shout out to Art right here. He he's like he's like the fucking um, Cody Bellinger of this podcast. He's like That's batting, true. not quite a thousand, but um, <laughs> it's up there. He's leading the league in home runs basically. But this guy picks ninety nine percent of our topics, and you know he hits them out of the park every time. So I'm sitting there watching it like fuck. I thought we were gonna talk about beep this week, and I'm like, all right, something else I gotta. Um, uh, you know, research for. And so I'm watching the video and I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting. I can see how we can make this fun. And then my girlfriend, she's sitting on the other side of the couch. She's like, oh, wow, that was an episode of American Horror Story. And before the video. I thought you were going to say she wasn't even home. She was a ghost. <laughs> this house is possessed. Get out. You kidding. know, someone did die in this house, by the oh, way. That's cool. Yeah, they, they have to disclose that before you buy the house. And I'm like, what did they die of? Um... They didn't tell. I don't think they can disclose that. That's a Aww. part of the, the patient confidential confidentiality. But I fought demons in my previous house, That's so I'm true. cool. I'm cool with a ghost. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We can hash things out. But anyways, before the video can get into some of the facts, she was already listing it off. So apparently, this is um, something that happened in American Horror Story Coven. Um, and so that's a very popular topic. Anytime you pull up anything on the Axeman of New Orleans, you'll get videos <laughs> of American Horror Story. So. I've never seen much of that show. Can't get into it, man. I can't either. Like, everybody makes a big deal out of it, and then I'll sit down and try to watch an episode or two, and I'm just like, ah, oh, man, I'd just rather scroll through Instagram. <laughs> What's the one where they're like, um, it was really popular. It had that clown. Oh. I know, but someone's shouting it out at show, home right probably. now. Freak show, is that what it is? Yeah. What's her name? The 
number one fan is probably screaming at home yeah, right on now. Yeah, the Facebook live. I oh, can it's see called it on Freak Show. <laughs> <laughs> Let me spoil the end for you really quick. The one but, I completely like tuned out of, it was like, I guess, Apocalypse. I was like, oh, that's a really good concept, right? Yeah. Like halfway through the first episode, I was like, man, I'm not even bothering putting, the, like this new season that just came out. I'm like not even bothering putting that on. But I will say this, though. The episode that did do the the axe man from what i saw it was pretty interesting yeah did it follow the narrative no but hey it was pretty interesting nonetheless congratulations hollywood this is one of those things where like i i'm surprised they haven't made a movie about it this one was yeah. like like the truth is stranger than fiction type of things this mm-hmm. is pretty weird there's as i was doing the research for this and i knew a lot about it already but really this, this reminded me a lot of of the Zodiac Killer. It felt yes. like the Zodiac yes. Killer before the Zodiac Killer. And, uh-huh. it, and anyone that knows me, I don't know. I don't talk about serial killers that much. But Zodiac Killer... <coughs> anyway, <laughs> Zodiac Killer... <laughs> Zodiac Killer has always been one of my favorite serial killers. Like, if not my most favorite. Just because, you know, there was so much mystery. He was never caught. There was, you know... He could have been this guy. He could have been that guy. But, like, the, the mystery element is the part that really turns me on to Zodiac. We never done the Zodiac. We haven't. Well, wait. That's Christmas. <laughs> um, but silver bells. But um, yeah, like I, this is so close to a lot. The similarities are pretty crazy. Makes me want to think that the Zodiac is a time traveler that was doing this shit in New York, or a vampire. Because if oh. he's in New York, or if he's in New Orleans, Nolans, Nolans, Zodiac killer might be Lestat. Speaking of television shows in New Orleans, did you ever watch that True Blood show? I know Brendan Schaub is like obsessed with it now because like I'm trying to find something after Euphoria ended, and it just seems really after cheesy. Euphoria ended. What the fuck is that? You you haven't seen Euphoria, sir? No, dude, it's an awesome show. Shout out Euphoria on HBO. Fucking makes you never want to have kids again. Shout out Sopranos on HBO. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Anyways, Jacob, you want to um, start this off? Yeah, sure. Why not? So the Axemen of New Orleans. Let's start with let's start with you know the the, the when and where, and then we'll. Work out, work backwards. Okay, so obviously he's from, well, he does most of his New work Orleans in area. New Orleans Let's area. Let's still go with that. Yeah, yeah. and it, it his murder spree, or not quite murder spree, because some people survived, uh, but basically his spree, if you will, lasted from May of 1918 all the way through October, three days or four days before Halloween 1919. I think it was like October 27th or something like that. Was yeah. the last one? That sounds about right. So setting the mood already for Halloween. Ooh. And, you know, spoiler alert, you know, his main, like, way of killing was with an axe. Mm-hmm. Probably why they call him the axe man. But, yeah. you know, that was his main. And by the way, that's like the shittiest way to die. You know, another spoiler alert. He, a lot of this is like in the middle of the night where he gets into people's houses and mm-hmm. like axes someone to death. Which is like, we're the most like, you know, half asleep getting that midnight erection and all of a sudden <laughs> like some dude is like axing you to death. That sucks. Yeah. And then another thing too that I thought it was interesting is like almost his his MO basically and I fi- finally figured out what MO stood oh, for. Yeah. Um it's one of those words like where you're just like I know what it means but I don't like know the actual textbook definition of it, but it's modus operandi. I guess it's Latin for mode of operation. So yeah. you know Mormons they go door to door on bicycles or whatever. Um, but the Axeman, one of his M.O.s, too, was he would chisel, basically, a door panel 
out, and that's how we'd break into these uh, people's homes. Yeah, so. it was a tiny corner, and most modern doors don't have this shit. Was, but if you think of like your grandma's house, and I'm sure everybody's grandma's house has this, where like one of the corners of the door have like a slightly thinner part of the mm-hmm. door. That's the door panel that he would break in and get in that way Mm -hmm. which is weird because later on in some of the descriptions he's always described as being really big Mm -hmm. so and we'll go through theories i'm sure at the end um but yeah um another mo too is that he would go in and ransack the house but would never rob anything there would be instances where there would be jewelry or even cold hard cash out and it wouldn't be touched so more than likely he was just a rabid serial killer yeah Definitely more of a passionate guy. And he also always targeted Italian-American or Italian immigrant grocers. Yeah. So somebody gave him some bad customer service. So it's funny you say that just because this is New Orleans. This isn't New York or something like that mm-hmm. where, you know, you know, let's think of what New Orleans is. It's probably very like French, French, Cajun, Cajun, African-American, probably like some like, you know, latin americans from like the islands mm, of, like haitians and yeah, stuff yeah cubans you know that's kind of that's kind of what you get there so to go specifically for this very specific type of person makes me want to believe that he was from that group mm-hmm. you you covet what you see <laughs> <laughs> um and that's one of the theories too is this like maybe it was you know, it, like the police, they theorized that maybe it was uh, some mob activity. And uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is Goodfellas. And in the beginning of the movie, like he was describing basically what he was in when Henry Hill was talking about what he was in. He said, you know, the good if you're a good fella, you're basically protection for people who can't go to the cops. And you got to think about it. You're in this bustling city and i believe at this time it was the third richest city in the nation behind new york and baltimore and it's also the second busiest port in the united states as well because you know a lot of slaves were shipped there you know it's a you know just national trade in general was going through new orleans so um you have a lot of culture going through there um and then you have you know waves of immigrants um to reference another martin scorsese movie you know gangs of new york where you got you know the 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 native born people in New York versus you know the Irish. I've never immigrants. seen that movie. Oh, it's amazing! It kind of reminds me of this topic actually, because one of the main protagonists in the movie, uh, Bill the Butcher. Um, uh, sorry, is <laughs> it my knee? You all right. Yeah, I'm good. Um, he's kind of like that too. Like he's a butcher, and you know, spoiler. That's you know how he you know fucks up a lot of his victims, but. Yeah, you saw a lot of this. You know, um, it wasn't so much black and white. It was more or less like, oh, you're Italian. Oh, you're you're Irish. You're dirty Irish. You're you're Czechoslovakian. You're Polish. Like it was a lot of like infighting <laughs> between yeah. the white race and like Italians and specifically Sicilians. Like they were seen as scum. You know, they were. I believe uh, one uh, show like I was doing research on. They were talking about like you know this is you know in the thralls of you know racist America in the South. You know, Italians were working side by side by African-Americans. You know, you'd see them working, you know, closely, you know, in the fields and whatnot. And they were they were just they were just seen slightly above African-Americans from a rich aristocratic viewpoint. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the time and the place kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird uh, that, you know, as time evolves, you know, the, the people that are at the bottom of the food chain seems to change because we don't really think i mean african-americans are still kind of there mm-hmm. um they're kind of like the mexicans now 
Yeah, African Americans yeah. are still. No, Mexicans are. You know, they're still the scapegoat kind of mm-hmm. thing. The build the wall kind of thing. They're bad hombres. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. like, basically, if you're brown, you're probably a bad person in Donald Trump's eyes. Yeah. And a lot of <laughs> Americans' eyes. So, but yeah, I mean, definitely around this time, there was definitely that going on right mm-hmm. now. And you know, to you know, to fast forward a little bit, you know, to his first crime, May. May 1st, yeah, right. May 22nd. Oh, May 22nd? I thought it was May yeah. 23rd. May 22nd, we'll go with that. 1918, uh, it was uh, Catherine Mago. Margo? Joseph and Catherine Magaggio. Magaggio? Magaggio. Yeah, and the, You gotta say it like this, sir. Magaggio. Come on. Dominic de Coco. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he breaks in. Um, he, he actually, with this one, he like cuts her throat with a... With a with the straight edge, so mm-hmm. you know those things to like shave your beard with, to get that smooth shape. Mm-hmm. He cuts their throats, and then he then he goes full axe man and like tears them apart with an axe. Mm-hmm. And so like obviously this is like some front page kind of news. This is not like fucking gunshot. And this is one of those things that makes me think maybe it wasn't the mob because why wouldn't the mob just shoot someone or burn the house like very straightforward kind of thing put a dead horse's head in their bed yeah it seems like the mob is very straightforward like they're not shy about what their message is Mm -hmm. like you know they want you dead it's a a sicilian message yeah and like so um and one thing that i thought was creepy as shit too is like he cut her throat so bad oh yeah that it was barely hanging on he like almost decapitated it was hanging on by her like own skin it was Mm -hmm. fucking disgusting that's what i imagine like you know when they're making sausage oh god that's what Uh. i imagine (laughs) not to put a visual in your head but that's what i imagine yeah and then um i guess joseph he survived just long enough um for his brothers uh, Jake and Andrew Magaggio mm-hmm. uh, to come and call the ambulance. But unfortunately, Joseph died. Um, now, the fucked up thing about all of this is, is Andrew, he lived um, pretty much next door to the, you know, Magaggio. So, yeah. So their, their bedroom doors, the bedroom walls were like back to back to each other. Mm-hmm. And I guess so, they were really thin. Yeah. So uh, that sucks for them, <laughs> but um, keep it down. We can hear that. So like, <laughs> I assume that at first they must have thought, like, they're just doing it or mm-hmm. something. And then, like, then they ran in there and found their brother dead. <laughs> now, he becomes the prime subject, um, suspect, uh, mm-hmm. Andrew, because uh, I guess the straight bl- uh, razor that was used was actually his razor. And he uh, later on took it home because I guess there was a grocery store. And then, you know, the residency was in the back. And next to the grocery store was the brother Andrew's barber shop. And, you know, and then his residency was in the back. So they, were, they had, like, you know, back-to-back businesses right there. And um, one of the employees at the barbershop said, you know, he took the razor home uh, because it kind of had, like, a little chink in it or a little nick in it. And, you know, he had to smooth it out. You know, you got to get that close, smooth shave. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that's what the axeman used. And um, the police thought it was Andrew, and they ended up arresting him uh, because they found the razor, you know, on his front lawn. And then they found the bloody axe in the backyard, in the shared backyard. Um, but they had to let him go, though, because they couldn't find any evidence. And they asked him, you know, he became mostly the sub- suspect as well. He goes, how are you going to be in the bedroom? The walls are super thin and you didn't hear anything. Well, as it turns out, Andrew was actually celebrating that night and he got rip-roaring drunk uh, because he was getting ready to ship out. Because uh, this is at the same time that World War One was happening. Uh, he was going to go ahead and ship out to the Navy. So, mm-hmm. so they never found the actual killer of Joseph and Catherine Maggio. Yeah, and at this point, people didn't think that it was a serial killer. It was probably like a one-off thing. Mm-hmm. 
So I think didn't they steal something? I think they stole like six dollars from his wallet or something. They said they did, but basically, um, like what I was referencing earlier, uh, Catherine's jewelry was out. You know, it was expensive pearls and diamonds and whatnot, and th- th- there was actually cash under the pillowcase. They said like a hundred dollars or so. I guess mm-hmm. you know they didn't trust the bank banking system at that time. Yeah, and that was still there. But yeah, they I guess they said that there was six dollars missing. Um, but another interesting thing that I saw as well is that in chalk, they said um, they found uh, in the sidewalk, it says, Miss Maggio will sit up tonight. Just ask Miss Tony. And I was wondering, what does that mean, Miss Tony? And so I uh, looked back on it, and I guess there was an earlier murder that happened like in 1910 or 1911 around this same time where a similar occurrence happened, you know, where somebody was, you know, bashed in with a straight bashed in in the head with an axe and then cut their throat with a straight razor. Yeah, and I didn't even think into looking into that, but I'm pretty sure that there must have been similar murders outside of New Orleans Mm -hmm. at this time. And, you know, this seems like the kind of time where, like, people were just traveling. Like, it's just like, let's just move west now or something, you know? Did they have, like, that transcontinental railroad already? I'm sure they did. Yeah, because it seems like that. Like, you know, travel and manifest destiny. It's around that time frame. Yeah, I'm sure. That sounds about right. And now, hop on a train. And I think a lot of people must have been avoiding going to war in general. So they're probably, like, just on the run. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, makes sense. Can't draft me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the gingerbread man. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, fast forward to June 28th. June 28th is when the second murder happens in mm-hmm. New Orleans. New Orleans, uh... Uh, so it's, this is the, how do you pronounce these, Jacob? You're much better. The, the last name, it's like Louis Bessemer. Bessemer, yeah. Bessemer. Mm-hmm. And Anne, different last name. Mm. What's the last name on this? Harriet Lowe. Lowe, that's what it is. I know it's a very Oh, hard. Harriet Lowe? I had Anne Lowe. Hmm. Probably. Yeah, Harriet. Yeah, but, it sounds, that sounds right. But there's another lady involved in this story, but I digress. Yeah. So... <laughs> Oh, what lady? What are you talking about? <laughs> we'll so, get into it. <laughs> so this is the same MO, right? Yeah. Uh, this is breaking in. Grocer. Grocer. They break in. They use an axe that's from their own home, and they go to town with it. And like the next morning or later that, yeah, I guess it was in the middle of the night. So a couple hours later, a baker is walking by like delivering bread to find their body. You know, once you find the door smashed in. Oh, my God, Louis, what happened to your head? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And he was a suspect, too. Like, similar Mm -hmm. to the the other guy's brother, he was a suspect for just being there. I mean, this is before CSI, so, yeah, of course. Anyone suspect. (laughs) Boom. The entire town of of New Orleans is a suspect. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, the baker, um, he's you know, getting ready to to deliver his bread to the grocer or whatnot. And he sees, you know, both Louis and what he thinks is Louis's wife, um, you know, on the, uh, the the floor of the grocery store, bleeding out, basically. Uh, but as it turns out, Harriet Lowe was his mistress because uh, Mr. Mr. Bessemer's wife was in Cincinnati recovering, I, I guess, from the Spanish flu or something like that. Uh-huh. So I guess you had to go fucking super north to get <laughs> Good medical attention. Oh, that explains why the last names are different. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So Lewis lives, right? Like he he survives. He survives the ordeal. But um, Anne only lives seven weeks later. But she does get the first look at him, mm-hmm. and she describes him as a large white man. Mm-hmm. Which you know, the, the, man, it's crazy because like these reports start becoming really conflicting. Mm-hmm. But you know, right off the bat, if he's a large man and he's making these tiny holes on these doors. It's kind of like makes you 
think how's he getting in yeah how the fuck is he getting in one theory i had and a couple other you know podcasts that i listened to had it was maybe he's you knocking out the panel reaching in and unlocking the door to get in do you think that maybe he had a child with him possibly that's what i was thinking like a robin like he's bat like a bad batman and he has a bad robin yeah i thought maybe he's maybe he's a dad maybe the intention was to rob him at first Mm -hmm. and then the kid's supposed to open the door while he gets in or maybe he's just paying local kids maybe i don't know just an idea little birds yeah little birds yeah (laughs) what was interesting too about this case is they randomly arrest um one of the workers um at this grocery store i guess his name was lewis ubicon um he was a he was a black employee of his and um Lo changes her story, um, and this is why he gets um, arrested, because she says later on that, you know, oh, the person that I saw was a mulatto. And besides Kurt Cobain's lyric and Smells Like Teen Spirit, I was like, what the hell's a mulatto? And so I look it up, and it's basic, it's kind of a derogatory term for somebody of mixed blood. So mm-hmm. um, during this time, it would be somebody would be like half black, half white, mm-hmm. which you saw a lot of in um, New, New Orleans. Orleans at this time, because yeah, it it's sense. very much a chocolate city. But anyways, they arrest Louis Ubicon and then again have to release him later. Um, and then they're doing some more investigation and they find random ass letters in German, Russian, and Yiddish um, in Mr. Bessemer's possession. And while um, Harriet Lowe is recovering um, and, you know, she's getting questioned by detectives and whatnot, she says, oh, yeah, he's a spy for Germany. And this is in the midst of World War One, Yeah. And it's before, you know, the whole, like, uh, Red Scare with, like, a... Uh, um, Didn't she accuse him of being a Nazi? Probably. So I saw... Okay, this is something that I saw that he was accused of being a Nazi. So, I don't know, it... If you're saying so, I didn't even think about the World War One thing till you brought that up right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, Nazi uh, Nazism didn't happen at this time. It wasn't until Hitler took over. Yeah, so it doesn't add up in the timeline. But I didn't even think about that. But just saying, just a thought. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy because she's in and out of consciousness, and every time she comes into consciousness, her story changes a little bit. Just like okay, he went from being a mulatto to white. And, Do you um, think she was just fucked up in the head, or you think she was lying or keeping it? Kind of, because I guess it was like big tabloid nudes at this time. Because every every day you'd see like, read all about it. Here's the newest thing with an axe <laughs> The WB frog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, you know every day like there would be like a new soundbite, kind of like, oh, the Kardashians did this, Kanye yeah. did this. Oh, maybe kinda... that explains why. Like at this point, you know, a couple of years later, you know, the Nazis are in power in Germany. Now she's like, well, he was a Nazi. That that explains it. Maybe mm-hmm. that maybe that explains that. And so um, she's sitting in the, uh, recovering from her uh, wounds. And before she dies, she actually says, oh, it was actually him who did it. So you got to think his actual wounds is he had a crack skull. She had a crack skull. And I guess a, I guess a part of her ear was sliced off. And when she before she went into the surgery um, to, you know, alleviate the pain from the swelling of her brain or whatever, she actually blames Louis Bessemer and he gets arrested and he's thrown into jail for nine months. Um, but he's ultimately acquitted for what turns out to be a murder because, you know, she succumbs to her injuries, um, Mm -hmm. after the, uh, jury deliberates for 10 minutes. So the police that were involved in this case also get all fired across the board for just just all around sloppy detective work. Mm-hmm. You know, first, you know, you try to arrest, you know, poor Luigi the Baker, you know, who's just stumbling upon two bloody corpses, basically. And then they try to just arrest some random black kid. You know, I, I can't think of the name right now, but there was a show 
damn it sucks that i can't think of it but it was basically this same time period but in new york Mm -hmm. and like it was when like teddy roosevelt was like running the the uh police department and they're trying to catch a serial killer and it's like very biased like it was like well we just need to find the next black guy with like blood on his hands and that's Mm -hmm. our man kind of thing you know like that was police work during this time period yeah it reminds me of that like where it's just like very corrupt like you know in new york it was very irish at the time so like you know like the irish looked out for the irish and nobody irish is gonna go to jail so like Mm -hmm. god i wish i could think of that show but um (laughs) kind of reminds me of like early like 1940s 50s la too where it was very segregated and whatnot where it's just like okay a crime happened it was probably like a drunk teenager you know from you know hayward california hanging out with the beach boys or whatever right and then they would just like try to like pin it like on a random mexican or a a black kid or whatnot so Yeah, it's very, very fitting for the for the True. times. Good job, America. So, what do you got? August 5th, 1918. Before you get into it, like, haven't you noticed, too, like, a lot of these cases kind of happen, like, either at the end of the month or right at the beginning of the month? I was thinking the same thing. As I was writing my notes, I was thinking the exact same thing. And I don't know. what do you, Does it attribute anything to you? Like, obviously, rents do. I thought I, I'm serious. Like, if it was the mob, I was thinking like maybe they're these people, these like these people owning grocery stores are paying the mob for like protection from like mm-hmm. you know, and maybe that you know because it's called tribute. Like when have you seen The Godfather Two? It's when you know the main bad guy in that movie um, when it shows the young De Niro as Vito Corleone. Um, you know, he's basically the head of the mob, and he has to go throughout all these businesses and whatnot and collect his tribute. If you don't give me my tribute you lose your protection and you also lose your life because I'm gonna have my goons fuck you up. Mm-hmm. So it kind of has some semblance on this as well, but it kind of, what I was thinking in my mind, it was like what we were saying earlier. Like it seemed like kind of somebody that was like a traveler, somebody that was doing business in the area and then was like ship out to Baltimore or St. Louis or New York later on or Chicago. Yeah. You know, it, it also reminded me of, I don't know if you ever seen the movie red dragon or read the book red dragon. I don't know if they talk about it in the movie, but um they also bring up like a lot of killers like people that become really like fascinated with like blood and this is a very bloody murder every single murder is very Mm -hmm. bloody they like to um attack when there's full moons just because when blood is seen in the moon it looks black Mm -hmm. as opposed to like being dirty and red and like very messy but in, in the nighttime it looks black like it almost like just can't be seen so it just it's very fetishy yeah so it's just more of that little thing like of like oh interesting also another like correlation to zodiac killer one of the zodiac um killings happened when he killed that taxi driver and he basically just walked away covered in blood and the police just didn't do anything because they were just like they saw a white dude with like a nice clean cut haircut and they're just like oh that's not our man let's keep going oh he probably scratched his cab off yeah <laughs> crazy he's a nice american white boy yeah. Anyways, August 5th, Art, take us in there. August 5th, that's Mrs. Ed Schroomer? Anna Schneider. Anna, I, I got Ed. Anna, sir. But, okay, Anna. <laughs> um, so. I'd sh- hope it's an Anna, but maybe it's a <laughs> one of our early instances of a transgender. <laughs> so uh, she was found by her husband. She was pregnant at the time. Of, eight of, months pregnant. Eight months pregnant at the time of the attack. Basically, the dude goes to fucking town and luckily her husband comes home did, did her husband startle the the attacker um this is the first one that doesn't really fit the mo 
Because this one's not at nighttime. This is like in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, it does, I didn't really see a lot on this because everything that I saw was kind of like just it, it, it mentions it and moves the story along. But all I, uh, I saw is that she didn't really remember much. All she remembers was a dark figure standing above her. And then she kind of blacked out um, after that. Um, it didn't have, you know, that obviously she didn't own a, you know, Italian grocer. Schneider is not uh, an Italian last surname. It's like uh-huh. a German last name. I don't know. Maybe she started off as DeCocco or something, and then she married a Schneider. Um, but um, she, I guess the perpetrator, he entered through a window and then bashed her head in with a lamp. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how he, he messed her up. But basically it just moves the story on from there and just says that she had, you know, a month later a healthy baby girl. Yeah, they both survived. Yeah. That was the cool thing about that story. So, you know, go ahead and... Uh, Bless up. Take that, you know. Say your <laughs> prayers tonight. So on August 10th, you know, fast forward a little bit, five days later, 80-year-old Joseph Romano, which is like <laughs> the most like fucking stereotypical name. Hey, Deborah. Yeah. 80-year-old <laughs> was found by his nieces as he's being like beat the shit out of. Mm-hmm. He's getting his head bashed in. Uh, so his two nieces, uh, I guess, startled the, the guy at this point, mm-hmm. and the guy just runs off into the, like the the night. Uh, but this is where the description kind of changes from that earlier description. Mm-hmm. So on this description, he is a dark man with a slouch hat, which I don't know what that slouch hat is. I was but- trying to think of it, and I even Google searched it and whatnot, and I think it's like you know you know those little newspaper boys, and they have like those like nineteen oh little golfer hats. Yeah, like it's got like the yeah. flat brim on it or whatever. I should have Googled it. I'm surprised I didn't Google it, but I did write it down because I th- I found that to be really interesting. Yeah, I for some reason I thought it was like um those like bowl bowl <laughs> bowl hats like that they would wear. I don't know. I was way off. I like, don't know either. If, it, if it's it. not if it's not a fucking fitted new era hat, then I ain't fucking with it. That's all I know. Slouch hat. I found it right away. Let's see what it looks like, Jacob. All right, show us. <laughs> what the hell? I I know for a fact it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> he was a hipster. Yeah, like the big old baggy beanie. Sold at Walmart currently for that, six six nineteen. Show that to the Facebook and the YouTube. You can currently get this at Walmart <laughs> for six nineteen. That's not it. That's a steal. That's not it. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. So it's like one of those like fucking uh, Australian hats. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that makes more sense. This is creepy. Yeah, so maybe he was jacket. Australian. <laughs> we never looked into the Australian. You call that a knife? You call that a hat? You call that a? <laughs> you call that a hipster beanie? <laughs> this yeah, is it's a one of those like slouch hat. How else would you describe that? I just call it an Australian hat. Yeah, it looks like a fucking, like, <laughs> Crocodile Dundee's hat. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So, anyways, they saw, yeah, it was a dark-skinned man, heavy set, and wore the slouched hat. And what I thought was interesting is that, like, he was very agile, they said. Like, he was jumping right over, like, some bushes. That, like a ninja. <laughs> yeah. So, maybe he like, was Australian. Like a spider monkey. <laughs> oh, that's not a super racist. Never mind. We, that's, thank God for editing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it in. It's fine. Um, but yeah, the same mo. He broke in with a chisel to the panel of the back door, um, and he attacked him with an axe that was found um, in Mister Romano's backyard. Mister Romano. And again, the house was ransacked, but nothing was taken. Yeah, and like that's the thing to me. It's like if you're gonna break into an old man's house, you're probably gonna fucking hit him in the head once with like a fucking golf club or whatever you can find, and then 
fucking take his watch. I assume he's wearing like a gold watch. He just owns, retired. He owns a fucking toaster. <laughs> when toasters are super rare, that's like owning a fucking flat screen TV today. Like a toaster is, the, you know, the equivalent of the 1919 toaster. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I think my grandma was born in 1919. Really? Yeah. So I'm thinking like this, that feels like so, so long ago. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred years ago. Yeah, I, I can't believe like, you know, I, you know, we think of crime and murder and all these things. It always feels like it's a very modern, like mm-hmm. the world, the world's going to end soon because people are acting crazy. But this is fucking nuts. Like mm-hmm. somebody's breaking into people's houses with an axe and like doing all this crazy Stealing shit. Stealing their toasters. Yeah. Fucking give me my toaster. Jacking off in their <laughs> new refrigerator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody uh, was reading one of our reviews and they're like, they sure talk about jacking off a lot. Oh, man. So I had to slide that one in there just to spurn whoever fucking wrote that review. But I thank you for the I five don't read stars. the reviews. We're uh, on the uh, oh, pod- on iTunes. podcast. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, make sure you uh, <laughs> rate and <laughs> subscribe to our show on iTunes. <laughs> Um, but anyways, Mr. Romano died two days later, which spurned hysteria throughout New Orleans. Yeah, this is like full-blown hysteria, which I think I would be freaking out too because this is an innocent old man. This isn't like the earlier cases where you think that maybe there was some bullshit thing mm-hmm. where like he must have been cheating on her yeah. or like these things. This is just like an innocent old man and his nieces come to his rescue, which is extra sad that they had to see his or their grandpa die. Mm-hmm. Super sad. I, I think... Uh, New Orleans, like, adds all these, like, new police officers all of a sudden. And, like, gun sales go through the roof yeah. around this time period. It's kind of like after the, the Tate uh, LaBianca murders, too. Like, you just start to see, like, yeah, everything skyrockets as far as security. People are reporting to the police, like, oh, I found an axe in my backyard. And uh, one of the shows, like, I was listening to, uh, they were talking about, they, they went super into detail about uh, New Orleans at this time where I guess like everybody pretty much was would had to have owned like some kind of hatchet because this is the time period, you know, before, you know, central air, you know, where you had, you know, heater that would turn on if it got past, you know, 58 degrees or whatnot, where everybody had to chop their own wood to put in their stovepipe or stoves or whatever to, you know, either cook or to warm up their house. Yeah. So everybody had those tools. I never thought about that, but yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have some kind of cutting device. So that, that was a big thing too, where he never had his own ax. It was always an ax or some kind of equipment similar to the first killing where, you know, he found the brother's uh, straight razor or, you know, the ax that was in the backyard. And in some cases it was a neighbor's ax. Yeah. And yeah, oh, God damn. It was, this is pretty nuts, but yeah, this is full blown panic in New Orleans at this point. In New Orleans, Adjacent areas, too, are also panicking. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Let me go back. I kind of lost track here on my notes. But, Jacob, you got anything? Yeah, so before we get into the next uh, set of victims, uh, John D'Antoni, a retired Italian detective. So this is somebody that retired to New Orleans from the old country, uh, st- stated basically that there were similar murders against the Italian community in 1911. Uh, basically where, you know, that chalk message, you know, from the first murders, uh, but they had the same MO, you know, used an axe, um, you know, would change out of his bloody clothes and leave him out of the scene, um, and then would knock out a panel from a door. Um, Happened in 1911, and he theorized that it was somebody that was very much had a bipolar personality, basically Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, if you will, um, who would go into silence, and then it would just have... 
a lust for blood and would just go crazy for a couple days similar to like the wolf man you know like you were saying the moon would um be full and he just had like that that bloodlust because it, it all follows either like the first week of the month or the last portion of the month yeah and this is i mean not to jump the gun here but this is also when the local newspaper gets that letter from the killer himself mm-hmm. and you know the letter itself sends people into more of a panic after that big you know ordeal of that old man and um i'd like to read you a portion of it can can you do it in a very uh, <laughs> Creole accent? I'll answer. No, I <laughs> I'm trying to think. Give me a. I'll just read it like Wes. Uh, just think of um, um, Tommy Wiseau. Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, I'll just read it like that then. Uh, <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. There you go. Okay. <laughs> oh, hello, hell. March thirteenth, nineteen nineteen. Esteemed mortals, they have never caught me, and they never will. <laughs> They have never seen me, for I am invisible. Oh yes, <laughs> even it. Wait, hold on. This is I'm reading it off like some handwritten thing. <laughs> Do you want me to read you the Wikipedia? Thing? Yeah, go ahead and read it off the Wikipedia thing. I'm reading off. I should have found a better copy of this. By the way, that was an excellent Tommy Wiseau uh, impersonation. By the way, so hell, March thirteenth, nineteen nineteen, esteemed mortal of New Orleans. The Axemen. They have never caught me, and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible. Even as the ether that surrounds your earth, I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orleanians and your foolish police call the Axemen. When I see fit, I shall come. And claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe. Besmeared with blood and brains of who, who, he whom I have sent below to keep me company. If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been utterly stupid as to not only amuse me, but his satanic majesty, Francis Joseph. I don't know who the fuck Francis Joseph is. Yeah, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. That's some fucking like esoteric bullshit. Yeah, I gotta Google Francis Joseph. Yeah, so while you do that, I'll continue. (laughs) (laughs) But tell them to be aware. Let them not try to discover what I am, for it would better that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the Axemen. I don't think there is any need of such warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me, as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep away from all harm. Undoubtedly, you Orleanians think of me as a most horrible murderer, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Which I am. But I could be much, much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every single night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens. And the worst. For I am in close relationship with the angel of death. 
Now, to be exact, at 12.15, earthly time, on the next Tuesday night, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinity mer- in- infinite mercy, I am going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in their nether regions that every person shall spend... Every person spared <laughs> in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at time, I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well then so much the better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz it out... <laughs> okay. Who do not jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. Well, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native Tartarus, and it is about time I leave the earthly home, I will cease my discourse, hoping thou wilt perish this, that it may go well with thee. I have been am, and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact or realm of fancy. The Axeman. So that was obviously a demon. <laughs> that was obviously written by a demon. Yeah. Um, I am a demonologist. I I'm a demon. <laughs> I grew up in a haunted house, and I can say for a fact that was Satan. And I am a demon, and I know for a fact <laughs> that's clearly a demon. A very educated demon at that. I mean, the motherfucker was talking about shit I didn't even understand. Uh, by the way, Francis Joseph, also known as France Joseph, was the uh, uh, king of Hungary and really? king of Bohemia. Oh, so I'm sure there's like a Dracula reference somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, episode 127 of our <laughs> Do America podcast. The King of Bohemia. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is like, okay, what are your thoughts right now of this guy? This is one person, you know, what are you thinking? This is multiple people. This is some like. Oh, it's not a demon? What, do you, what are you thinking? Because I'm thinking it's a demon. Oh, okay. So you're in that camp. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so- it's definitely a demon. He's going to fly over New Orleans. <laughs> With his little fiddle, yeah, I'm like it reminds me of like the devil went down to Georgia kind of thing. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. Oh my god, yeah. No, honestly, I think it, it it has to be some kind of aristocrat or some kind of businessman or somebody that was educated, because it's not going to be some random commoner. It's not going to be like you know what we think of serial killers like Richard Ramirez or Charles Manson, where it's just like some crazy man just like talking. Blah, 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 blah. I'm gonna bash your head with an axe and screw your wife. Blah blah blah. It's nobody like that. Somebody is very in, in, intellectual. It's kind of like Dexter, if you will. Yeah. We're, you know, it's funny you say that because Dexter in season two, he <laughs> sends a letter once once the police are in a hot on his trail. He sends a letter to his to his own police department, mm-hmm. and basically it's meant to like point the finger at multiple sources, mm-hmm. so they can't get a read on him at all. This almost reminds me of that. This reminds me, you know, he's blaming it. I mean, jazz is like the fucking, like, the heavy metal of the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So he would blame it on, like, oh, the devil likes jazz, which would be like if, like, everybody needs to play fucking Amani Marth <laughs> at, at midnight. You know, it would be comical now, but it's like, that, that's what, like, it sounds like. Come on, like. guys, you guys really got to play Ghost at midnight. Yeah, and, like, oh, by all the hells of... Uh, midnight you guys need to like worship our lord satan and donald trump and like <laughs> listen to amani marth because if you don't you're gonna i'm gonna come in your house and fucking unplug your internet and like fucking choke you to death with your toaster oven 
<laughs> so, jack off in your fucking refrigerator. Don't make me jack off into your ice cream and then watch you eat it. <laughs> That's my biggest fear, by the way. <laughs> don't, by the way, people don't eat anything unless it's like sealed up. Yeah. Um, but I honestly think, okay, it's obviously somebody that's educated. Do I think it was the actual Axeman? No. I think it was somebody, you know, because this is this is full hysteria mode at this time. I think it's somebody just writing into the newspaper trying to get a reaction. Maybe it was the newspaper themselves. Maybe to get people to buy it. Yeah. And um, one theory I had is there was somebody that actually wrote um, a song about the Axeman called Joseph Davila. Uh, it's called the Mysterious Axeman's Jazz. Don't, don't what? Uh, don't do me no wrong. Oh shit! I got. What, what's your, you, the, you mean don't talk- slave me, Papa. Oh shit! Look oh, up, don't scare me, Papa. Don't scare me, Papa. Yeah, I yeah. can't read my own handwriting. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's all right. I was like, I kind of knew what you're talking about, but then sometimes Jacob comes out with like research that I never heard of before. So I was like, oh, maybe that's like the B sides. Don't scare me, Papa. <laughs> the instrumental, <laughs> the P Diddy uh, fucking remix. P Diddy and the Family featuring Don't Scare Me, Papa. No, I did a Kurt Cobain where like my handwriting changed for a second. I couldn't read oh, it. True. <laughs> but yeah, like so, I think it was that. Like it was this, this musician basically He's trying to get. Um, because New, New Orleans, besides like voodoo and creepy shit and vampires and whatnot, what New Orleans is really known for is its jazz scene. This is pretty much where jazz was invented. Yep. And here you have a jazz musician that is, you know, trying to get noticed. He's kind of like the Art and Jacob do America <laughs> of his time. Like he's trying to get, uh, he's trying to tell his mama and his boo-boo too at this point. And what better way to get um, news coverage is to kind of create your own controversy. So if people are feverishly, you know, playing jazz music, either, you know, having a live jazz band or, you know, playing records, they're, they're going to need as much material as possible because you're going to be playing it, you know, throughout the night. And this is a time before Apple Music and iTunes and whatnot. So they're going out to the stores. They're buying this shit. Yeah. And so it's a good chance that people are going to run across your shit. It's talking about the Axeman. And the cover <laughs> art actually has, like, a family, like, feverishly playing uh, Wait, when did that come out? Uh, that came. Did out. it come out? I have. I find it very hard to believe that they brought that shit out. It's like as soon as that the that letter came out. Like, it was around the same. Check out my time. new demo. Because <laughs> because the cover art just looks like somebody's like drew it like drew it real quick like a yeah. newspaper artist, yeah. which could have been somebody working within the newspaper yeah, that helped true. them out with it. And think about that, but. Yeah, I mean, going back to this time period, like, this was nuts. People were freaking the fuck out. So it was, like, that following Tuesday night, right? This is when, like, the fucking... I I can't even think of something like that happening today. Maybe, like, Y2K, people freaking out over yeah. something like that. Yeah. You know, like, in, in our... Even Y2K was, like, fucking 40 years ago. Like, I can't... <laughs> <laughs> we're, 19 we're, years ago. Yeah, 19 years ago. Fucking in a couple of months, it'll be 20 years ago. And yeah. so, like um nothing in the last like 20 years really but you know people were freaking out and like jazz clubs were like popping i imagine like the fucking mint right now like mint <laughs> on new year's <laughs> eve kind of thing and like everybody's playing if you didn't have a record player you were out on the street or right your friend's house had a record player like people were flat out freaking out in new orleans that somebody was gonna fly over new orleans with a fucking axe and like fucking decapitate him in the middle of the night. <laughs> like that was a real fear for people at at this time period. Can you imagine if that did happen today? And let's say it was like a metal fan. Like if you don't play fucking heavy metal, like everybody, like even like eighty year old grandmas, like on their front porch, like fucking head banging to like fucking Rain and Blood yeah. by Slayer. Or some oh shit. my god, I would love that. You have to listen to the heaviest heavy metal. Dude, I bet Donald Trump would protect us though. He would definitely protect protect us from the Axe Man if the Axe Man happened today. <laughs> 
no Axeman is going to come over New Orleans. I can't do a good Donald Trump, but. You know, that's the one accent I can't do. Yeah. Some people, god damn it, dude. Do you ever you watch The Daily Show? Oh, yeah. Trevor Noah does like the best Donald Trump. It's so creepy. I know. Me. Oh, my God. Shout out to that guy. Shout out to that guy. By the way, there's a Daily Show podcast that everyone needs to be listening to because I don't have time to watch TV anymore. Because I'm old and I fall asleep when I watch TV. <laughs> it's true. But I like driving and I like listening to podcasts. So shout out to podcasts. Yeah, shout out to podcasts. Because I have um, my free subscription to Sirius uh, Satellite Radio is about to run out. And I'm not going to renew that shit. Um, quick sidebar on that. It's funny because every like LA trip, like we put on, you know, the Sirius Radio or whatnot, like me and my girlfriend. And it's always like the oldest shit too. It's either oldies or like Elvis radio or like the Grateful Dead radio. And they have this channel called Yacht Rock where it's like all this like late 70s, like early 80s, like fucking, um, you remember um, the 40 year old virgin where like um, uh, Paul Rudd, like his characters, like if you, if, if you don't take oh, this Asia. Fuck- uh, what is it? What? Michael McDonald. Oh, yeah. It's like nothing but like Michael McDonald yeah. music. Like, what a fool believes. <laughs> yes. It's called Yacht Rock. Like, fuck that station. Like, it's like, it's so fucking ridiculous. It's funny. It's weird right now. Like, music music state right now, I don't want to get too far off topic, but music state right now is like that dad rock from like the 80s. Uh-huh. That's like really in right now. Like, the yeah. Grateful Dead, if they came out today, like, they would be like, one of the biggest bands like playing like you know fucking fyf festival and all these things yeah. like that like that's crazy to me that things that were kind of like lame not that the grateful dead is lame i totally respect the grateful dead but mm-hmm. the grateful dead you know we're kind of metal heads it would be like hard for me to like respect the grateful dead now mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like there's you know shout out to like all those dad dad rock bands that are out right now i'm just glad that like people are playing instruments yeah, I guess actually. <laughs> that, I guess I'm just, you know, I'm glad. So I'm happy that music's still alive. Anyways, speaking of music, New Orleans is bumping with music. Mm-hmm. And so it's about this time also in the month of March 1919, 100 years ago, uh, that Charles, Mary, and Rosie Carmigia. I, I don't I don't know how to pronounce her name, so I'm just going to make that a Carmigia. Oh, yeah, no, I, I can't pronounce most of these names, man. They're tough. Yeah, all Italian and shit. So this is the seventh and eighth, seventh, eighth, and ninth victims of the Axeman. Fits all the description. Charles is a grocer, and him and his wife um, are found in a pool of blood by a rival grocer, Orlando Giordano, um, and his son. And basically, they find okay that somebody broke into their house with a chiseled panel missing. Um, axes on the back porch. Uh, Charles is on the floor bleeding out while Rosie is in the hallway clutching her dead two-year-old daughter. Oh, that's terrible. Dude. I know. And this one is kind of like the most heartbreaking one because I guess according to um, Rosie, who actually, you know, survives this incident, um, you know, the man, you know, same figure, you know, dark mulatto looking guy, um, heavy set, breaks in. Um, he's rustling around with uh, Charles. Uh, she runs in on him. And then the guy takes two swipes at both her and the child in the back of the neck, killing yeah, the child. Yeah, killing the child, yeah. She yeah. lived, though. Yeah. Crazy. But fuck her, though, because um, the the man that ended up, you know, helping him, uh, I Orlando Giordano, sounds like a pizza, um, hashtag no racist, <laughs> <laughs> um, she accuses him and her his son, um, Frank, 
um, of being the actual murderers, something that Charles vehemently denied to this, and all the way up until the end of his life. But Iolando uh, was 69 years old and described in very poor health. And then Frank was about six feet tall and 200 pounds. And everybody likes to say that, oh, he was way too big to, you know, bust out the um, panels. Maybe he was way too tall, but 200 pounds for somebody that's six feet tall is not that big at all. Keith, who we saw, yeah, he's about 200 pounds. 200 pounds. Yeah, I mean, how tall is he? Six feet? Six feet? Six feet. And Keith, we've that's seen not. That's not too bad. It just means it's not overweight. Yeah, exactly. Jacked in 10. And so um, they were saying that, you know, oh, it wouldn't fit the MO. How would he be able to wrestle Charles and then, you know, swing an axe at, you know, Rosie and the child um, when Irlando is 69 and in bad health? And then Frank was too big to actually fit through the hole in the door. Mm -hmm. And I guess the police didn't think, oh, you know, he might have been able to reach his hand in and open the door. But Charles said that, hey, you know, they didn't do it. It was somebody else. It was a dark-skinned fellow. He was looking like Danny DeVito. Uh, he had a cape, and he had a Crocodile Dundee hat on. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that Crocodile Dundee hat's really done did it. But the fucked-up thing about this is his police that were so desperate during this hysteria that they ended up arresting Iorlando and Frank and actually sentencing Iorlando to death in, or life in prison, and Frank... Uh, to the death sentence um, by public hanging. And eventually, um, Rosie um, retracts her statement and said, oh, it wasn't really, you know, those two. They just pissed me off because they were rival grocers and they were doing better than us. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah, so, and then Charles ends up divorcing her. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so, so it's, it's a broken family now. Yeah. So, which one do you have next? Um, and so then after that, um, maybe like a day later, Steve Boca um, says that he found he saw he woke up to a dark figure over him while he was sleeping, and then he automatically went in unconscious. And when he regained consciousness, he ran outside and ran to a neighbor's house where he later on collapsed. Um, he found, you know, that his house had been ransacked. Um, nothing had been taken. He also was a grocer. And then later on, they found that his door, you know, had been chiseled, but he ended up surviving. Yeah, but he lost his memory. So yeah, yeah. So he was, he he got pretty fucked up, man. Like he had, he he had very similar like, and I don't know if, if at this point it's like the fear if he doesn't want to rat someone out or something like that. Maybe. But his memory started going, and I don't know if that was like a real thing or he just didn't want to spill the beans. And well, I got to think too. Like if you survive like an actual like attack with an an axe huh. like you're gonna have some fucking head trauma oh know? yeah no yeah i mean there's a fucking hole in, the, in his head <laughs> <laughs> i mean um i don't know if you're watching the green bay and um eagles game earlier but um yeah i saw that helmet to helmet hit and then dude was like on the fucking ground for like a good 20 30 minutes yeah it seemed like so i can only imagine that's helmet to helmet like you have like actual you know skull protection on and you're out cold you have a fucking axe Hitting your fucking bare ass head, like yeah, you're, there's gonna be some definite brain damage there. Yeah, um, look at Antonio Brown after he got hit by Bontez Perfect, he never came back. Yeah, I know he started bleaching his fucking beard blonde. Yeah, went to a cry cryogenic chamber with no shoes on. Started farting in doctors' faces. <laughs> that's true, man. I know that's what's fucked up. That's about crazy. It. <laughs> if you were doing a physical on Antonio Brown and he farted in your face, what would you do? 
God damn. Would you be a professional and continue doing they your job? Don't pay me enough for this. <laughs> it would be like you know when like the Flintstones when like they always have like that like oh a T Rex and like the T Rex is like a toilet dispenser. Uh huh. And then like they always zoom into the t-rex and they they don't pay me enough for this like that's what i imagine that doctor was like after fart after fart like of his face like just i can only imagine like the fucking stink and those are protein farts too. oh yeah dude you know he's eating nothing but like chicken and cauliflower hashtag no racist (laughs) chicken and cauliflower that's not racist is it i guess the chicken part is cauliflower Cauliflower. do we associate cauliflower with african-americans (laughs) <laughs> anyways i don't know but i'm gonna on. move on quickly from this um art's hispanic by the way so <laughs> anyway, i'm off the hook yeah you can't be racist if you're hispanic um anyways number 11 on the list um of victims was september 2nd of 1919 um the axeman again same mo you know axe busts in through the door but this time when he tries to bust in the door uh william carson had two slugs for that ass and started shooting at the axeman and he quickly had to flee the scene yeah, that's the one I don't have any notes on. Yeah, and then the only notes I had was just what I just said right now, too. So. Yeah. So number 12 was Sarah Lauman, another one which is a very simple case. Yeah. Um, about the next night, uh, this is why I think, like, it's somebody that actually came into town because it's like, fuck, I fucked up that night. I have to go out again until I complete my mission. Yeah. And then I can go back to fucking St. Louis and sell, sell stocks and bonds and shit. Yeah. Uh, but Sarah Lauman um, basically is a 19-year-old young woman that was living by herself. And neighbors said that, you know, periodically they would go and check on her. But I guess this um, day she didn't respond. And so they ended up breaking into her house and they found that, you know, a window had been cracked open. And not only was her window cracked open, but her head was cracked open as well. And um, <laughs> she was missing teeth and she was really badly damaged. But she ended up living. Oh, congrats. <laughs> and then finally, the 13th and final victim of uh, the Axeman of This New is one of the crazier ones. Yeah. I hope we got the same shit, too. Was yeah. Mike Pepitone on oh, October yeah. 27th, 1919. Yeah. This is... So, you know, he changes his MO a little bit here. Because mm-hmm. instead of using an axe, he uses, I believe it was a bolt... Mm-hmm. It was like a like a screw in a bolt that from a nearby circus that he basically you could tell he just kind of grabbed it went like in and then hits him in the head eighteen times to the mm. point where he's just like fucking jello yeah like his head is just like jello at this point and I believe his wife correct me if I'm wrong Jacob uh, his wife uh, walks in on this shit yeah as his fucking head is just jello. And sees two figures. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, so two figures fleeing the scene at this point. So that's another little different thing about this. The crazy thing that I saw, too, is that like when they saw um, the crime scene, when the police came in, that blood was splattered almost exclusively on a painting of the Virgin Mary. Oh, wow. You could tell they were doing that shit on purpose. A, that's how you know it was a demon. Yeah. Oh, this is a demon. <laughs> so, guys, this is a demon. So, in the story... <laughs> Case closed. There's a demon. Light your Jesus candles, everybody. Um, but one of the um, the crazy theories about this, and this was the final victim, and you know, spoiler alert, Mister Mike Pepitone, which is like an awesome last name, by the way. Yeah. Um, when he passes away, um, one of the crazy theories that I saw was that the reason why this was the final murder is because uh, they theorized a couple of criminologists. I don't know how they figured this out, but 
Um, they figured that you know the Axeman's real identity was a Joseph Mumfrey, um, who was later shot a couple of years down the line in Los Angeles by Mrs. Pepitone. Um, basically, she went on a Kill Bill rampage to find you know the two figures or whatnot. Well, and she remarries. She does. Yeah. Okay. No. Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't know that. No. Oh, well, keep telling your story, and I'll tell you where the remarrying part okay. is interesting. She marries Bill and kills him. Oh, yeah. No. Any, <laughs> anyways, uh, Joseph Mumphrey, I guess, was uh, a, a suspect that they suspected in the 1912 uh, killing of the uh, Shem... I'm not going to butcher this last name. I apologize. Every Italian listener that we have. Shamboria, uh, who was shot, and they suspected a Frank Doc Momfrey, a.k.a. Leon Joseph Momfrey, who later on was killed in Los Angeles by a Mrs. Pepitone. Now, we don't know if this was the same Mrs. Pepitone that was married to Mike Pepitone or not, but that's who they theorized was the Axeman. You know, it's funny. So, I yeah, it's, that's, everything that I've seen, is it's the, the same one. And I saw all these notes, but her new husband actually goes missing on the anniversary of her first husband's death. Oh, wow. So, yeah, some kind of shady shit's going on there. I wouldn't be surprised if this one's a little more mob-related than, than Maybe. the other ones. I can see that. Because this one's a little bit more, you know, it seems like it's very much aimed at that family and, like, those two in particular. Pepitone, what kind of what kind of last name is that? I don't know. It sounds Italian. Pepitone. Pepitone or, you know, Sicilian? <laughs> Sicily? <laughs> Where's Sicily? Is that also know. Italy? I don't know. We're one and a half Mexicans over here. If it ain't, if it didn't happen in the Oaxaca, we don't know about it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this person's from. But anyways, um, a lot of theories, too. Um, they suspect that this was a person that, you know, his... I, he he. It wasn't a robbery. They can they can rule out robberies because every every instance, you know, nothing is really taken. Maybe a couple of dollars, maybe a diet coke in the fridge or whatnot. Um, but you know, they suspected it was more sexual in nature, and that the men actually died when they walked in on their wives. But as we saw here, a lot of it was the men getting assaulted first, and yeah. the wives walking in on it later. And, and not only that, but that eighty year old man, that eighty year old man wasn't with anyone else. He was just chilling with his two underage nieces. Yeah. So you weren't even were, there at the time. They walked in on it later on. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even like he was a pedophile, you know, going after them. But it seems like it was one of the earliest earliest instances of a serial killer. Yeah, it definitely had a serial killer vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people point to this could be the mob and it's like maybe sending them a message. But it just seems like why would the mob do this? Like why mm-hmm. would – because, you know, if you kill someone – that money still stays with them. It stays within the family. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're going after their offspring as well. No. So, you know, you're not sending them a message by, like, burning their home or, like, fucking shooting their windows out or something like that. Like, now now I know they mean business because yeah. I'm next. You know, there's no signs of that. There's no no historical evidence of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm pretty baffled by this other than, you know, it's a serial killer or a demon. It's one or the other. A <laughs> demon. <laughs> I um, believe it or not, I'm gonna say it's not a demon. Uh-huh. Maybe somebody that was demonically possessed. I mean, that'd be the stretch you could have here. But I, I really do think it's one of those instances of one of your first recorded instances of a serial killer. Because a lot of our serial killers that you know 
that are popular, they spring up in the 60s. And we mm-hmm. went over it one of our earliest episodes where it's like you had the advent of, you know, the Vietnam War being on TV and whatnot. And I started thinking about it and I was like, well, people probably always had like this bloodlust. You know, the first murder in the Bible was when Cain killed Abel. And it's not exclusive to, you know, the Vietnam War. And then I started to think about, oh, this is the same time when World War One's going on. You know, people um, are getting images in the newspaper of, you know, this is like one of the great, one of the biggest, greatest wars was World War One, one of yeah. the bloodiest, longest wars uh, besides the Civil War. And you even saw in the Civil War as well, like there was a long period afterward where you, you probably had a lot of people suffering from PTSD and whatnot, like going ape shit. And so what I'm thinking is, is, is somebody maybe who came back from World War One Somebody obviously was a little bit, you know, educated if he was the person who wrote that letter, but obviously somebody that had the means to travel and who knows, maybe he did other works. Um, one theory also was that he was Jack the Ripper as well. Mm-hmm. Cause I guess didn't Jack the Ripper like have a spree in like the 18, like late 1800s or something like that. Something really close to this time period. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think, I was thinking who's the guy that killed during the world's fair. In Chicago. Oh, H.H. H. Holmes? H.H. H. Holmes. So I was thinking, like, but this is so much sloppier than H.H. H. Holmes. Mm-hmm. His and is more meticulous, huh? Yeah. So one of the things, and this is kind of where it starts getting a little nerdy for me, but um, sloppier murders, dirtier murders, you know, an axe, something like that, usually show signs of a young killer. Mm. Uh, cleaner murders tend to show signs of an older person. An older person would have a lot cleaner murders, cleaner kills. Serial killers are no exception to that. So, um, and that's just in, in nature. Like, even crimes of passion, it's very rare that a crime of passion would be more than, even if a dude kills his wife because he walks in on him cheating on her. You know, more than likely he's going after a gun. It's very clean. You know, to find these very crazy, like, you know, to get all that blood on the Virgin Mary, this, this to me is a sign of someone pretty young. So I don't think it was... Um, I don't think it was Jack the Ripper because at this point, Jack the Ripper would have been pretty old. Yeah. So, and I think his crime, and Jack the Ripper was very meticulous, but Jack the Ripper was taking organs and like sexual, you know, sexual reproduction organs. He wasn't some slouch that was just going in there and bashing people. Like, you know, the crimes are different. So, I don't know. I think this is, you know, a very one-off person. I think it's somebody in the community. The line I said earlier that you, um, you covet what you see. It's not something that's also. It's something that's also taken from like the serial killer handbook of how do you catch someone, in the sense that you don't go after a complete stranger. You know, you go after your own community because it's what you you see in your own environment. So it's somebody from that environment. I think it's someone young. I think it's more than likely a male. That's that's it. That's my. I'm trying to think. Cause the only thing I could think of too is maybe it was somebody like like a Bill the Butcher, and I gotta let you borrow fucking gangs in New York. That somebody that had you know some kind of hatred towards Italians or Sicilians or whatnot, mm-hmm. um, because you did he was targeting grocers. Um, I can see that mentality like they're taking our jobs. Like because the, the the brother you know Andrew uh, Magaggio, he had a barber shop. You know all these people were you know business owners and whatnot. And I can see like that mentality that we see today where it's just like, oh, the Mexicans are taking all our fruit picking jobs and they're taking all our janitorial jobs. All our cotton picking jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And maybe it was something in regards to that. But I mean, you might be right as well. It might be 
somebody within the community. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's either someone within the community. It's really rare that that serial killers, and that might be first signs of like racism, because mm-hmm. it could also be racism. But you know, serial killers rarely kill outside of their own race. Mm. Uh, it's very rare, but you know, it happens. Jeffrey Dahmer did it. He killed black Asians, dudes. Asians and black yeah. dudes. Yeah. But he just like dudes, so yeah, you know, he was just kind of all over the place. He um, didn't discriminate. He yeah, just he, ate. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Um, but um, you know, damn, that's what I would say. I would say it's like a young guy in that own own community in that area, probably not that educated. Actually, if he really wrote that letter, I would say he's probably more educated. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he actually wrote that letter. Yeah, it was somebody capitalizing off of his quote-unquote fame maybe yeah yeah i would say young and uneducated and like young dumb full of cum yeah in your refrigerator hey that's me that's my two cents <laughs> that's my two cents don't juice on my ice cream <laughs> <laughs> leave my toaster alone <laughs> anyway so with that said everybody um i guess we're gonna wrap this up yeah. um thank you for listening to our first spectacular episode of the art and jacob do america podcast that's like Dracula singing it. I don't know. Sounded like La Llorona. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Mis hijos. Mis hijos. Um, <laughs> anyways, thank you for listening. Uh, please make sure you go to our website, which is artandjacobdoamerica.podbean.com. Check us out on the Podbean Network's website at Podbelly, or Podbelly Network website at podbelly.com, where you can listen to other podcasts similar to ours. Some a little bit better, some not so much, though. So. Um, also, too, make sure you follow us on all social media at Art and Jacob Do America, except for on Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do A1. So, A1, shout us out. We need a sponsorship. We need a second sponsor on I'll that. Hit up A1 Steak <laughs> <laughs> We love that shit. I put it on my chicken, not just on my. St- it's good stuff, man. I put it on my turkey on Thanksgiving. Oh, that's actually really good. Like the white meat. Here's here's the trick. You uh you get between the skin and the meat, right? You put mm. some butter in there and you put the barbecue sauce in there. Mm. Trust me. The A1 sauce? Yeah. Get at us, A1. We got fucking recipes for that ass, okay? Yep. That shit's fucking... Oh, fuck. Now I want some A1 sauce. I sold that recipe from Gordon Ramsay. Oh, you son of a bitch. You said it said that was an old Mexican tradition. Mexican people, we don't have turkeys. We have chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell that story next week about your grandma sacrificing the chicken. Oh, yeah, that's true. Anyways, um, <laughs> make sure you go to Fight Back CBD and enter promo code America upon checkout. They got vape cartridges. They Tell got, them Art Jacob sent you, please. Yes. They got shirts. They got rash guards. Uh, they got everything that will cure what ails you. So if you got freaked out by this episode, take a little bit of CBD oil. It'll calm those nerves, all that anxiety. Help that slip disc or maybe that <laughs> cracking in the fucking skull. Uh, it'll alleviate that pain, if you will. Um, but other than that, you can find me at jacob pixon on instagram uh you can find this handsome devil right here at robots versus robots on instagram mm-hmm. and, and can they still play it. you on xbox live yeah hit me up on xbox live if you want to play some madden i don't know if i can that's pretty much all i'm playing right now that and um battlefront what, what? resident evil no resident Evil's a one-player game sir. Oh, okay <laughs> they can send you a little message on xbox then yeah oh and if you want to play gears of war hit me up on gears of war I think Ben has X or PlayStation. That's why we can play each other. Pinche pendejo. All right, guys. Tell your mama you boo too. Shout out Elizabeth Jackman. Shout out Elizabeth Warren. Shout out Donald Trump getting impeached. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Shout um, out Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic, or no, 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 Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. So with that said, everybody, have a safe and wonderful night. Have a happy Halloween. Good night.